0: to the first interview of Let's Talk Nova podcast. My name is Eilish, also known as the Nova Coach, and I'm joined here by a former teacher, a professional artist, award-winning artist, and an entrepreneur business owner, the owner and founder of Design & Dine, the lovely. Gemma Gallagher, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so
1: excited. I can't believe we're doing a podcast. I know, I can't believe it. Like, I've actually listened to other people's podcasts and learned so much, and now I'm actually on one. Buzzing. Look at (laughs) you. Is this your first podcast? This is my first podcast, yeah. No way. Yeah, I'm so honored.
0: Oh, I'm so honored. (laughs) Oh my God. And you're my first guest. Yeah. Amazing. So, I guess I want to explain why I've asked Gemma to be my first guest. I admire your tenacity your determination and your fierce drive like I think you you set your eyes on something you you know you've got your focus mm. you can see it and you you execute it
1: mm.
0: but you're also so naturally gifted and enthusiastic about what you do you, like your passion runs through your work oh thank you yeah I just That's I just love brilliant. it yeah and it was a no-brainer straight away. You were the first person I wrote down. I was like, "Yep, yeah, Gemma's coming on."
1: Oh no, I'm delighted. And obviously, like me and you have known each other for a long time I know. in Abu Dhabi, <laughs> and how we first met is hilarious because it was like football, wasn't it? It was <laughs> our days in Nafina. Oh my god, and it's so funny because I'm like the worst footballer ever, <laughs> but no, no, I really am. Like, but you meet a lot of good people from it, and then you know, obviously, you and I. Both came out here to teach and mm. have sort of set up our own businesses while being here, and I really admire like what you've done as well. And now with the coaching, and obviously mm. me and you've had some coaching sessions together as mm. well, which were amazing. So
0: yeah, I'm just delighted that we can have a good chat about everything. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on here. Thank you for being my guest. Okay, so Gemma, Nova, of course, I've explained this on my Instagram before. It comes from the Latin word novituriens, mm. and That really, by definition, means that you want to seek or desire a powerful change in your life. So, I suppose when you hear that definition, how does it relate to your life? I think that that
1: has, like, that feeling has presented itself in my life a few times. And for me, it is like the knowledge that there's so much more to life. Like, you have so much more to give than what you're currently doing, and life has way more to give to you. And almost, like, there's been times in my life or my career where I felt, like, really stuck, fed up, and, like, thinking, is this, like, is this life? Is this it? Like, there must be more than this. Something needs to change. Like, that's how it resonates Mm -hmm. with me. Yeah. I have been there.
0: (laughs) So, you are a business owner here in the UAE. Yeah. How did you end up here? Uh, Right. So... Like,
1: obviously, firstly, I came here on a whim. Like, I really made, like, a very last minute decision to come to the UAE. Um, And I had no plan, like, no friends, didn't know anybody here, like, no real expectations. I just kind of knew that I needed, at that point in life, a new adventure and somewhere new to live because I felt a bit bored and stuck. So just to give people a bit of context, I left Ireland when I was 19. So changing countries for me, like it's not that daunting. Like I am a person that really embraces change and seeks like adventure in life. So left Ireland at 19 to go to London, studied at the University of Arts, got a degree in fine art painting. And then after that, I freelanced as an artist for a few years, sort of between like, I was exhibiting and selling paintings between London, Dublin and Belfast. And after a few years of doing that, you know, I was hot, ha- I liked doing it, but I also knew that I didn't actually really want to live in Belfast or London. And I had had a few holidays to like Asia and New York, like further mm-hmm. afield, it kind of gave me the travel bug. And for me as an artist, I knew that I wanted to live abroad, but I also knew that it would be quite difficult to earn a living because now it's quite different in the digital age. But back then, it was like you would sell your work through art galleries and you would have an established name in a certain country or city. Mm-hmm. But if you go to the other side of the world, nobody knows you so how are you going to make money so at that point I decided that I would go back to college and get a teaching qualification because I just thought if I can't make art and sell art in another part of the world if I can at least like teach art and do something creative like that's going to be good for me so went to Liverpool then got my teaching qualification to teach art in high schools And then after the PGC, which is obviously like a challenging year, I was like, right, done, out of here. (laughs) So went to Australia, had a few months in Southeast Asia again on the way, and then went to Australia, didn't teach the whole year and a half I was gone. I (laughs) I was like, I want a break. (laughs) I'd only just done the PGC, But I think I really craved like a year of adventure and just didn't want to be tied down to a school for a whole year. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to like experience as many different like places as I could so after a year and a half of like pure adventure and it was really amazing like it was like one of the most fun experiences of my life but I also knew that I wasn't really doing anything for my career like I wasn't really making any art obviously didn't commit to any teaching and it was coming up to Christmas time so I just thought you know what I want to see my family I've been gone for a long time so I'll go home have Christmas in Belfast and then just see what happens. Like, I'll really think about whether I want to go back to Australia or go somewhere else to try and focus more on my art or go back to teaching. And while I was at home, I got a teaching job. So I was, like, quite lucky to get one offered. And to be honest, I was broke after Australia. (laughs) So I was like, right, I'll just teach in Belfast. You know, I've had... I've done a lot of partying. Mm. I'll try and settle. I'll really try this teaching thing and see how it goes. And lasted, like, six months. So... It was January until summer and I didn't mind the teaching, like the job itself was okay, it was challenging, it was Mm a challenging school, but obviously having come back from such a like carefree life, back to being in that routine and being in the cold and I don't know, a lot of my friends had moved abroad and stuff like that, there wasn't much social life and I just could see everybody on social media still in like Asia and Australia doing all these amazing things that you can't do at home because there's not the weather I just went into the library in the school one day and just googled like international art jobs after a few months of teaching in Belfast and jobs came up in like China, Dubai, Abu Dhabi, mm. and I think this was around May time. And I just thought, do you know what? China did China was alright, but I just thought, I'm gonna go to the UAE. I'm just gonna see what the crackers are. Yeah. So applied for it in May, got the job offer like end of May and then came here like the start of August. So <laughs> just like boom fleet. <laughs> um and then obviously yeah my plan but I didn't really have a plan I was just like I know I'm going to the sunshine it's a new place Mm. it's definitely an adventure and I have a really good salary like if you're coming over here as a teacher like chances are you're getting well paid and it's tax-free so I just thought you know what I'll go for a year if I don't like it I can always come home you know nothing stopped me getting on a plane back home so I'll just try it out If anything, I'll just save for a year and then figure out my plan from there. (laughs) Famous last words. Yeah, I know, I know. Everybody says it. But um, as you know yourself, I came over here and it was so good. And like, I actually knew within a few weeks, I was like, I love this place. It's so like, it's so sociable. Mm -hmm. It's warm every day. There's so much to do, whether that's going out at night or like daytime activities, gorgeous beaches, Mm -hmm. like Dubai's up the road. So yeah, I kind of had an inkling that I wasn't going to just go home after one year. um, And then obviously, like after a full year teaching, didn't really save that much money, but I didn't really care because I was just having a great time. Nice community here. I feel like it's smaller. There's less places that people go to, so you'll find like the expat community will gather in the same kind of like bars and stuff, you know, or places to go out. And you get to know people a lot easier, whereas Dubai is incredible. And Mm -hmm. city for city now, I do prefer Dubai because I feel like I've got loads of friends here and I feel settled. Mm. So Dubai has more options in terms of places to go and things to do. And for me as an artist, it has a lot more work opportunities. Mm. But I still love that Abu Dhabi is like my home. Do you know, it still feels just like really homely and it's just got a nice community. That's exactly it. It's so homely here. It really is. is, And especially... It, it it doesn't really matter. Like, but here, Reem Island, you know, you know, so many people, and there's so many expats together on this little mm. gorgeous island, and it's like a home from
0: home. Reem Island is beautiful.
1: Yeah, I I love living here. I do. I think it's um when you wake up to the sea, it's just and you can you can do that in Ireland, but it's like when you wake up to the sunshine and the sea, <laughs> it's something well, special. Well, when you're not
0: planning for rain, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll take that. So we'll take what that. Got? Yeah, 100%. yeah. Oh. So I suppose when you're thinking about you moving here, I suppose your whole expat journey really it doesn't mm-hmm. just include the UAE. Like, what about it was exciting for you?
1: I, well, let me think. So for me, it was just the first. Initially, the first thing was a new job a new start, uh, new people, new experiences. Obviously, here is an amazing place to travel from, so I did a lot of traveling in the first year here, like going to Egypt, going to like Sri Lanka, going to India a couple of times. You know, you can access Asia quite easily as well. Went to not all in the first year, but I've been to like Jordan, Zanzibar, mm. Kenya on safari, like all these incredible things. That you just would not do if you were still, say, like living in Europe, for example, like all these incredible places that are so accessible from here. So that was really exciting. Like, I loved that I could travel to obscure places so easily and have all these really rich life experiences, you know, seeing the pyramids of Giza and seeing the Taj Mahal on like a long weekend. Do you know Mm, what I mean? I know. (laughs) It's like, it's mad when you're teaching here, you get a few. Holidays and a few weekends here. And you're like, I just go to India and see the Taj Mahal. It's great. Like, when can you ever... Oh, I can so that yeah. So that initially was the most exciting thing for me. And I had done my first year teaching. And I liked the job. But I started to feel a little bit like... I would say... Like, stifled in my creativity a little bit. Because I had a lot of ideas. But when you're under somebody else's management. And they mm-hmm. have... Their ideas and you're battling with that as a creative person that can be really frustrating. So for me to have like my sort of mental well-being and like sort of Mm -hmm. still have like my like fulfil my creative desires, I started like just getting back to painting. Had a big enough apartment where I could like turn part of it into a studio, and started like exhibiting my work and stuff like that and entering competitions. So that was giving me like a lot of good creative like fulfilment on the side of Mm -hmm. teaching. And then obviously, Design and Dine happened after about a year or two of teaching. And that was obviously the big, big change that happened for me in this country. And that kind of came about very organically, like I did not... Somebody had told me, like in Australia, when I was living in hostels, in six or seven years time you're going to be a business owner in Dubai I'd be like how would that even be possible (laughs) I have no plans to run a business well
0: it's the land of possibility
1: it really really is like I always (coughs) knew I would be self-employed like I knew that deep down I knew teaching wasn't going to be my lifelong career Mm. it was a really good stepping stone for me to travel and to stay creative and like obviously share my love for art with other people but I knew at some point I was going to I didn't know how I was going to do it but I just had this like gut feeling like I just knew Miss was going to earn a living off being an artist somehow and Mm -hmm. not always teach. So um, Design and Dying came about in the staff room actually like some of the other teachers saw the work that I was doing with my kids and it was so like the kids were doing really really great paintings and the teachers were asking me if I would do an art class for them as well like they were asking me if I could teach them how to paint. And it was like my American colleagues and they're so enthusiastic oh, about everything. Yeah. And I was like reluctant at first. Americans like, are great for like boosting fantastic. your confidence. Oh and like, my God. Yeah. I feel like in Ireland we're so polite and, you know, a little bit reserved sometimes. Mm. But the Americans are just like, get it. Like, go for it, girl. <laughs> yeah. 100%. <laughs> they will literally like boost you up. They're yeah. amazing. So they were like, yeah, just like teach us how to paint and... Yeah the starter was reluctant but then I thought because I was like where would I do it how would I do it and then I just thought you know what this could actually be a really nice night if I could if we could all have some food and drinks and we could all gather together and it would be like a fun event for me and them even if you weren't say into art you could still really enjoy the experience
0: overall. Um, So did this start out as just like a night in your apartment? It did, I did. I actually skipped that whole stage and oh, went yeah. straight
1: to the hotel. Yes, for the first sure. time. That <laughs> time. That's the, <that's> the Americans. <laughs> yeah, I, I was it. just like, you know what? No, I want it. like. I, I didn't want it to be too crushed or anything. I wanted it to be like a really nice experience for everyone. So, I had a friend Adrian who was working in the Crown Plaza Hotel in Abu Dhabi. Do you remember? Yes. Yeah, and Adrian like, Foy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I he, to, he's moved back
1: home. He's back enough. home. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was the manager. He sounds. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was really good and helped me start everything. And I, yeah. So I went to him. Didn't have a clue how it was going to run, but I just went. Okay, look, I want to do an art class, but I want people to have food and drinks, and I want it to be in a nice space, and we're all gonna. It's gonna be really chilled, music going on in the background, and just like a fun experience. Adults, probably adults only, just for colleagues and stuff. And he was like. That's a brilliant idea. You know, I have a really good space in the hotel that you could do this. And it was a really nice big open foyer in the Crown Plaza. And it was like connected to a restaurant so they could cater food and drinks. Mm -hmm. So he put together a little food and drinks package for me for my guests. And that was like the first Design and Dine that we launched in that space. And it was, I would say 15, I think it was 14 people that came. And I was like, this is a bit mad. Like 14 people are coming to this class
0: right what year was this actually this is like 2015 I remember seeing it on Instagram and I remember thinking hold on a minute what's going on here I was like I want a piece of this because uh. I remember it was it was kept kind of quiet and then all of a sudden it was like because it wasn't meant to be a big yes. business <laughs> it was just meant to be a bit of crack but these are this is
1: like how organically things yes. can happen if you just try it out mm-hmm. and like the first one was 14 people and it was literally like nibbles and a couple of glasses of wine or whatever. And it was really fun and everyone loved it. I mm. didn't know how it was going to go. I just thought people, well, let's just see what happens. But everyone was like, that was such a good night. Are you going to do another one? I would love to come. I want to bring my boyfriend. I want to bring mm. my friends. I want to bring my mom. Like, mm. So the next one I did, I advertised it as a little like Facebook group or Facebook mm. event page and the numbers doubled to 30 and i capped it at 30 because i was like this is a bit too much because i only wanted to ever have it at 20 says yeah. me he has like 150 at brunches <laughs> at the start at the start i just wanted to keep it small because i didn't yeah. really know what it was doing i was just kind of like launched it and i was like i'm just gonna go with it and see yeah. so it was like it grew after the 30 people came at the second event you know i realized there was a demand for it because people were emailing me asking to go on like a waiting list and like when's the next one going to be and I just thought okay I'm going to make a few tweaks to allow this to be a bigger event so a couple of my friends were coming to them and I just asked them I was like give me some feedback like what can I do to make this run more smoothly or like Mm -hmm. make it more efficient and they were like Well, you need an assistant, definitely. Like, you need somebody who's going to do the registration. You can't do it all. So, Mm. you need an assistant. You need a good microphone. You need this and that. And I was like, right, okay. I took it on board Mm. and then tried it. And then the next event was like 50 people. And then I did one a month. And it pretty much grew from there until it got to like the 100 number, 100 plus. Mm. And then it kind of stayed like that consistently Mm. for the following years, which is mental because I didn't realize, like, for me, I love art, but you don't know if people are going to get on board with something Mm. like that because it is quite niche but I think the whole experience of you know having food having drinks being in a nice hotel it's a really sociable event as well obviously with COVID all this is you know all everything has changed now but back then obviously before this year it's something where you can literally come on your own or come with one mate or your partner and you have like a table full of like best mates by the end of it because everyone's in the same boat and trying something new together and
0: to build on that I think what people love about it talking from experience as Mm. a a customer an artist um I found it really meditative but also it -hmm. was like a brunch with a twist yeah you know like and when you told your friends in on Sunday morning and work they're like where did you go what's that about like it wasn't just like oh I went to brunch yeah you know and it was like you said you could go on your own or with a couple of friends and you'd know everyone by the end of the night it's so sociable yeah and I think what was so um how what's the word like attractive about it was it was something different yeah and people want something different that's it
1: yeah because it can get like there is There's a lot of variety here with the nightlife. You know, you can go to really fancy bars, or you can go to pubs, or you can go to restaurants of any cuisine you want. But it gets a bit repetitive when you're out every weekend or you're out a couple of times a week. You know, you do start to search for something a little bit different or something more that you can do. And I think that people. Feel really proud by the end of it. Like everyone comes a little bit skeptical, yeah. And so many people, like ninety nine percent of people, are like, "Jam, I can't even draw a stick man. There's like, there's <laughs> no way I can do this painting." And I'm like, I'm telling you. It's so step by step and easy. Like you will be able to do this painting, like I promise. And by the end, they're like, "I can't believe I did this." But I remember when we did the skyline of Abu Dhabi.
0: There, the yeah, it's so gorgeous too. Hey?
1: We're looking at Elish's we... painting on. Yeah, on sorry, Earth. <laughs> we're we're looking at
0: my uh, my uh, work of art. <laughs> yeah. it's going to be in an exhibition soon, Les. Um, I remember when we walked into the Crown Plaza. I remember this night we did this, and you had one obviously on um, mm-hmm. display. Like yeah. this is what it's going to be looking like at the end. And I remember looking and thinking, not a chance. <laughs> yeah, not, chance. No oh, how am so. I going? Yeah. But the way you set it up, it's so easy. So, but step it's so step-by-step. Step, step, step. Yeah, but you it's so chilled. Yeah. You can't. And then you're, like, you're sipping away. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you've got, like, your food coming and, like. Yeah. It's you good. Know, it's nice. I'm curious to know, what was the time scale of, like, from it's inception to you getting to the numbers of like 100 like how fast did that grow it was within the year uh i think yeah it
1: was within the first year so i had launched it i think around february time and by the following february it was like up to the 100s it's crazy like it literally yeah it kind of came about quite fast i just i think in turn i think because we're in abu dhabi and also i started doing it in dubai as well obviously Mm. It's because this is such a sociable place, Mm. you know, yeah, like we said, there's just a demand for people to want to, like, have new experiences. So did you notice then
0: that it it caught fire, I suppose, in a positive way, by either your advertising or word of mouth?
1: both I would say word yeah. of mouth at the start was the most powerful thing mm. you know people were going back to like their colleagues whether they were a teacher mm-hmm. or a nurse or whatever like going back to the colleagues and I think the fact that you have a, a little product at the end to show everybody like you have yeah. a souvenir yeah. so people in a way like people kind of advertise for you because they'll post their painting on social media everyone's like how Do that, or where did you do that, Leah? Design Mm. it Down, it's on again Mm. next month. So that way, like word of mouth and social media are really powerful. Obviously, I do my own advertising and promotion online as well. But, um, so it's like now it's like a mix of both, if you know what I mean. But I think as well, you know, once I started to see that people loved it, like I got so much from that. Mm. And for me as an artist, I really wanted to make sure that every month there was like a completely new painting and a new experience for everybody like I didn't want to get lazy about it and just repeat you know skyline paintings or a certain style of painting I really like this was like my little baby like this business was growing I was like putting my heart and soul into it and for me I kind of merged my love of art and my love of partying like (laughs) socializing I I don't really party that much anymore but I love socializing, I love like people having a good time, Mm. people meeting like new friends and everything so I was like I want to make sure that this, not just the painting itself but the overall experience, Mm. the setting, the menu, everything is the best that I can possibly offer to people Um, and obviously it started in the Crown Plaza but then I moved on and started doing it in like the Venetian Village. And uh, out on Yas Island and stuff as well at the Radisson and the Royal Meridian and stuff. So I started mixing up the venues, and then in Dubai, I work with like the Hilton and the Emerald Palace Kempinski, which is like seven oh. star hotel. Girl. So I like started in a little foyer, and then now it's like got to like really nice hotels. But I alternated between chilled out like party hotels or really classy ones that'll give you like this wonderful you know chilled experience Mm. so yeah for me like I really worked hard at it to make sure that everyone that came would have a good time you know no matter what that's Mm. what my aim was it wasn't like everyone has to have a perfect painting obviously I tried my very best to make the paintings easy to follow Mm -hmm. unachievable for like even people that really had no experience whatsoever but I just wanted people to, I just wanted to look at my audience and see that they were happy and having a good time. That was like the main goal for me.
0: And that's something you're really good at, engaging with your audience. Do you think so? Oh my God, you're a natural. No, I'm not it's just saying just that. It's just because
1: I can talk for Ireland,
0: so <laughs> I don't shut up. No, but like, you can talk like myself. <laughs> Jesus, when the two of us are together. But like, you know, I found, because I've gone to a couple of your events and you're very natural, like you know how you you go around and you're checking on people's paintings mm-hmm. and like you know you're giving people tips or you're complimenting people's paintings, but that's the teacher in me. So the it teaching
1: is, has really benefited. Definitely, I, benefited, I
0: But you were very, um, I don't know. Like I know it's, I'm saying it again, but like you were very natural, like so fluid because like you were you were back up at the top again. Like okay, we're going to move on now. Like there was nothing. Mm. There was no, um, oh, like uh, rush. Yeah, you know you. Yeah, you knew you had it timed well. Yeah, that it was like everyone felt really comfortable. Like yeah,
1: I plan it like to a T. Like I
0: put a yeah. lot of work
1: into the planning and production to make sure it goes as smoothly as possible. A lot of it's trial and error, though. Mm. You know, I always say if you have an idea, just go for it. You know, mm. don't be worried that it's not going to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. Like I, when I started designing, Dine, I didn't have a microphone. I didn't have a uh, registration staff. I didn't have a logo didn't have a website didn't have a Facebook page like everything came with experience you know I work you work these things out as you go along so every event is trial and error and you do your very best and you plan as much as you can but you know you'll always have something that you can like learn from and grow from and if you don't then like what are you at you know what I mean everybody Mm -hmm. can develop in some way Um, so for me like the structure just came from experience and learning from prior events and also just sort of being super organized and mm. practicing and stuff as well. Like, if I had a painting planned, I wouldn't just launch it onto a crowd of 150 mm. people with no planning. Like, I would always get my friends, people that were beginner painters, I would always do like a, a little trial run on them. So, oh, that was a good yeah. way to prepare and ask them for feedback and just, yeah, just see what they were like for their timing. Because mm. I could paint it really quickly, but somebody, might take a lot longer and I might think something's easy but they'll find it really tricky so I'll always do little test runs with people Mm -hmm. and see how they find it and like listen to their feedback as well. They might tell me you know you should explain it in this way or try doing this part first and then you know run it from there.
0: So when you say that what comes to mind straight away is we don't see the behind the scenes. No. of how committed if you saw me are
1: if you saw me cleaning all the paintbrushes <laughs> and like the bar sink at the end of the Oh night my god did you clean every brush Yes
0: <laughs> See like that's the stuff we don't see. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we see just the glamour like everything on social media. Ugh. But like that just um straight away I just thought wow like we don't see that side of it. Yeah. You know, of like the preparation and yeah. like you said the organization that goes into it. Like that's that's a commitment yeah to it, your dream to your ambition it, well you know? it is
1: yeah and like when it started getting big I sacrificed a lot of nights out and mm. I worked really hard like I, I but the thing is when you do a job as you know when you do a job you love you don't mind working hard like you love working yes. hard because you just you see your dream being fulfilled and you see mm. all your goals being met and it's like it makes you so happy like it was actually making me happier to have a really successful event that I had worked really hard for it, than to have, you know, a wild weekend in like the best bars in yeah. Dubai or whatever. So yeah, for me, like there it, there was a lot of work and there were sacrifices, but like I wouldn't think twice about making them because yeah. I just, I had a goal, you know, I had a dream mm-hmm. that I was following. So for me, it didn't matter if I give, give up, you
0: know, opportunities to go out or worked really long into the night. Mm-hmm. And to touch on what you had said earlier was that you were seeking. Yeah, that's me. Just felt a load of water down my face.
1: Oh my god! It's me. It. Are <laughs> you are right, you're It's like good. my last drop of water, and it's all over my t-shirt. Now. Thank God it's water. Yeah, it's all good. We're good here. Sorry, Do I you just didn't know what you were going in, to ask me. But I just watched it in slow motion. <laughs> I kind of thought you might not see it, but
0: anyway. Oh, well, that made me laugh. Oh my god. Um, Okay, I can't remember what I was gonna say now. It'll come to me. Um, what was that? We remember. were talking about. We were talking about late nights and hard work. Yes. There we go. So you had touched on earlier how you. So sorry. You <laughs> sought your. You sought your fulfillment creatively through this outlet. Mm. So I just want to touch on that for a moment. Like, it's really important that we have something outside of work to channel that energy into and obviously this grew into a business Mm -hmm. because you were so naturally passionate about it and enthusiastic like you know to any expats out there Mm -hmm. if there's anyone who's obviously they're in their job and like you know they're enjoying it but they still are having that itch yeah what would you say to them
1: I would just say you know if you have a good idea take action and Mm a lot of us get paralyzed by our fear or what people might think of us like you really can't cart you know you mm-hmm. just have to go for it and this is the best place for anybody with like a business idea to go for it like there mm-hmm. are so many people I know that have their day job and work on the side whether it's as like a personal trainer a musician mm-hmm. a coach like yourself mm-hmm. a nutritionist an artist you know so many people have amazing side jobs and side mm-hmm. businesses here. Um a lot of people are able to give up their job mm-hmm. and start being self employed here. Um and it's a lot easier than what you think as well to go freelance. Like a lot of people put it in my head that you have to get sponsored by somebody and you need to do this, this and this to, you know, register your business or set up as like being self employed, but it's a lot easier. We could go into that later yeah. but or now. We can go want. now, why not? Yeah. I mean So for me, I don't don't know if it's just, you know, whenever you have an idea and some people will be like your biggest supporters and then other people will be like, oh no, but you have to do this and you have to do that. And they try and create, you know, a problem for every solution. You just have to like not worry about that and figure it out. And for me, I just did a lot of research before I actually quit my job and went officially like self-employed and got my business license. I um did a lot of research and figured out that you can actually get a freelance visa. It's really common now when I first went self-employed, there were only a few places doing it. I have mine from like Dubai Media City, mm. but you can get them from like any emirate from like a number of institutions or whatever or organizations and yeah it's just it's very straightforward if you have a creative like business venture on the side mm-hmm. as long as you can show like what you're going to do you need to sort of have like a portfolio of an evidence of your work so that mm-hmm. they know you're not messing about and you're actually going to do something properly mm-hmm. um you can get your own like i have my own visa i buy my own visa mm-hmm. and my own health care and so you do you need to have money set aside course, for this like yeah. i would say to anybody that has a side business but they're still working mm-hmm research the costs of getting your own visa and getting your freelance mm-hmm. license and also um your health care your medical cover and stuff yeah. like that and make sure you have that money set aside before you quit your job yeah basically yeah it is an
0: expense but it's not as expensive as what people think yeah and you do need to plan those things ahead for sure oh god yeah yeah, yeah.
1: like i had a year of planning all of that before i quit my job like yeah. wow and having it all in place yeah so what was the moment for you when it felt real? So this was like <laughs> one of the happiest moments. It was when I handed in my notice and I was quitting my job. So for me, I knew I knew design and dying could be a viable business for a while. Like after that first year, the first year of growth, and it was like 100 plus people coming to my events and I had expanded to Dubai and Dalian as well. I was like, this can be a business. But at the same time you don't know things are quite seasonal over here you don't know what's around the corner this year has taught us that for Um, sure and um I just wanted to continue testing it because it's like you can't do something for one year and assume that every other year is going to be as successful so for me I did another couple of years of just running my events and seeing what things were like month to month and seasonally because you can be really busy running up to Christmas or the high season, like October to like April May, mm. but you know it's dead here in the summer. Like there's nothing that really goes on because it's so hot. Yeah. So you need to figure out can your work in the high season balance out or account the for the lack of income that you're going to have mm. in the low season. So figuring things out like that, trial in different venues, trial in different venues in the other cities. Mm. There was a lot of tests in the water that I wanted to do and a lot of money that I wanted to save before I would like I could there were people that were like you could just quit your job and do design and dying. but I didn't want to. Like I wanted to make sure I was like really secure. Mm. And for me I didn't mind, you know, the hard work. It was it was a lot like juggling your full time teaching and your business and trying to like make your business grow as much as possible. But again like I didn't mind the hard work because I had an end goal I knew it wasn't going to be that hard forever I knew at some stage I would quit my day job and it would just be doing the business so you can kind of stick out the hard times when you have that in in sight so Gemma tell me what was the moment when it felt real handing in my notice like leaving my job was the best thing ever mm-hmm. I and not to, not that I wasn't grateful for the opportunity that I had teaching here but I just got to a point where I felt like really restricted and I had so many so many more goals for design and down that I couldn't actually do because you're obviously your time is so dedicated to your day job there's only so much you can do with your side business mm-hmm. when you're juggling both so just knowing that I could start to really properly grow the business And the most important thing for me was just freedom. Like, I've always wanted to just be a freelance, like, artist or be self-employed and just, like, work from my own creativity and my own ideas. Like, that gives me so much happiness. And every day I just wake up with purpose. Mm
0: -hmm. And I feel
1: like I'm fulfilling that purpose. Like, And it doesn't matter what aspect it is, whether it's me just sitting down and brainstorming okay what's my next event going to be what's the next painting design going to be um creating the flyers writing about the event doing the promo Mm. everything you know it's for you like you're sitting doing work but you're doing the work for you and you alone Mm. and that is such like a nice just a really fulfilling like joyful liberating sort of experience to have like Mm. I can honestly say you know I wake up every day and I'm so happy and so thankful for the work that I do and being self-employed even this year when it's been really difficult for businesses and being self-employed I can tell you like I do not there has not been a single day since I've quit my job that I regret quitting my job even if it's a month where I'm earning like little money or where it's really challenging because of like this and that going on sometimes I'll have like events that need to change date because there'll be a holiday announced here and everything's up and it doesn't matter like all of the joy outweighs all of the challenges just to be free you know and everything you you're the creator of your work it's
0: just incredible and you you are in such alignment when you say that like you can see it in you yeah. like it's you can tell it's sincere and yeah. you know like it's like obviously you have a massive value of freedom which i obviously yeah. heard a lot through yeah. our coaching sessions mm-hmm. as well and it it obviously makes sense because you are an artist and creative yeah. creatively that will be a value of yours and I suppose like I'm I suppose I'm curious going a bit left field here but like how do you wind down when you're like you know you're in such alignment there yeah like do you have like a time where you actually wind down sorry this is really like yeah no no topic <laughs> no it's a
1: good question I. To be honest, I do find it kind of difficult to switch off. Mm. If I'm on my own, I'm always thinking, like, about the next painting that I want to do, the next idea, Mm. always thinking about just little things you can do to develop your business in different ways. It's hard to switch off. But, you know, I think this year I have been forced to switch off because Mm. events haven't been allowed. Obviously, I took my business online not entirely but for the time that we were in lockdown so I was still working but um, I find the time that I wind down the most is when I'm with other people because you're more engaged in what they're doing you want to know what your friends or your partner or your family have been up to you want to hear their stories so whenever you're dedicating your time to somebody else you're not in your own head thinking about the next idea and like you know Mm. what it's like you go if you're a business owner you can go into overdrive just constantly being like I need to do this I want to do this I can Mm -hmm. do this so yeah being with other people and I because I am very sociable like I do make sure that I have a good amount of time like with my partner, with my friends, yeah. and if I'm at home with my family, and that's my switch off time.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. And it's so true that you you probably switch off better with other people. Yeah, hearing about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah,
1: it takes you out of the it takes you out of your head mm. and all the ideas that are constantly flying yeah. around. Especially for me, being creative, not only just design and time, but as an artist, I'm yeah. constantly thinking of art that I want to create for me or to exhibit yeah. or so. So I've got all that like, going on, of like wow. all of the imagery, I, like I, and I find inspiration every day in different things I see, whether it's like images online or just nature or my surroundings, engines, mm. I'll always be sourcing and finding inspiration and then banking all these ideas and then all design and dine. So I do kind of feel like I'm always... On. Always on. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but that's when you know,
0: in. that's when you know you're on, you're on your yeah. purpose, you know? So I suppose were there any moments for you on your journey that were where you had self-doubt so I think this is important to say like I have self-doubt
1: all the time like and it's human nature to be afraid and to feel fear you know our brains are wired like from the ancient brain we're wired to sense fear and danger Mm -hmm. and I think that it's natural for that to happen, but you kind of have to catch your self doubt before it sort of like puts you into like a downward spiral of like fear and thinking that you can't do it. And for me, like my sort of tools is like if I'm, if I doubt, you know, an idea that I have or just doubt the longevity of the business or something like that, you can sit and actually think about that, reflect on it, like write about it, like write down, okay, what am I afraid of here or what do I doubt? Is it true? Yes. Like, is this definitely true? Mm. What, what can, and if it is true, what can I do to overcome
0: it? You know, Mm. and doubt. within your, your control? Yeah. Yeah, impact it. Yeah, Yeah,
1: like what can you do about it? And I think that, you know, self-doubt, as long as you don't let it spiral you downwards into like that fear cycle, I think self-doubt is, can be constructive and can be Mm. valuable because it can help you to be critical of yourself and improve yourself. You Mm. know, if you don't, if you never doubt anything that you do, like you're just following the road blindly and you're just thinking you're great all the time, yeah. like you need to kind of like doubt some of your ideas and and some of what you're doing so you can improve. Yes, I think so and you can fine tune it. Yeah, so you yeah. can fine tune it so you can self analyze and think, okay, that didn't go so well, or this I don't think this is gonna go so well. So what can I do about it? Mm. And and critique yourself and improve yourself from that doubt. And what I find really useful because I think a lot of the time the doubt isn't valid you know it's natural to doubt yourself we all are so critical of ourselves Mm -hmm. you're always going to be your own biggest critic Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of the time the doubts aren't true it's just in your head so if I have moment of self-doubt like I'll bounce whatever idea it is that I'm not sure of or whatever it is I'm worried about like I'll bounce that off like my partner or my friends Mm. or family but normally people that I know not to be overly negative because they might just find yeah yeah I'd be worried about that you know I people that are positive but also honest you know people that you trust and most of the time, like 90% of the time, it's like, no, no, that will definitely work. Like, you're just yeah. you're just worrying too much. Like, go for it. Like, I think it'll be brilliant. And then it's gone, you know? That's it, yeah. You just, I think if you doubt yourself, really confide in people that you trust and share your worries because that really lifts the weight off your shoulder. Mm-hmm. And you normally, if it's somebody who you can trust and is honest with you, like, you'll know if that doubt is really valid or not.
0: Yeah. And I suppose it's, it's where the rationale comes in as well, because mm-hmm. when you're in your own head mm-hmm. and you're you're listening to your critic, when you voice it with someone you trust, obviously in a trusted yeah. space, that person can be the rationale and you know the mm-hmm. logical thinker. Mm-hmm. When um, when sometimes you can give it too much airtime. Yeah, you know, and you need to actually listen to like the higher self. Yeah, you know, the inner leader kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um. Okay, so <clears throat> for you, like what tools have you used to overcome challenges this year of all years? This year has been <laughs>
1: mental, but um well, this year, um obviously as you know, like this year was challenging for me before COVID even happened. Like I started the year losing my mom at the start of January. So before lockdown and COVID and the pandemic even took over, like I started the year with a really, really difficult experience. And I think, you know, only people that have lost a parent, and I know that you've like had your worries and stuff as well, and you can probably Mm -hmm. sympathize with this a little bit as well. But I think, you know, Mm -hmm. until you lose a parent, like you'll never really understand like the weight of that and like the impact of the loss on your life. Mm -hmm. So... You know this time last year or yeah around this time last year even like the start of december like everything was going really really good for me and then like literally life can turn turn on its head within days mm. so yeah i i think i started off the year like that and then you know following my grief covid also happened which mm-hmm. shut down the world shut down like my business essentially in Mm. in a big way so for me this has been like a big year for me learning to be resilient and coming over challenges personally Mm. and professionally as well so I mean the great thing about me being self-employed now was you know when I lost my mum in January I had already been home for a month anyway but in January I just made the decision that I wasn't going to go back to Dubai for a while I just thought you know what work's work your family's your family Mm -hmm. so I just decided I was just gonna stay at home and thank god like I wasn't teaching because I think it would have been really hard for me Mm -hmm. to have to only take like a couple of weeks off and then go back and teach and act as like everything was okay and a lot of people do that and people Mm -hmm. I know have done that and you know for like that strength is something you know I can't even imagine Mm -hmm. but yeah I decided to go home And I was just taking a few weeks to kind of like get my head around it, try and like cope with my grief and be with my family. And then I realized after a while that just being home for me and like not working and just sort of like being there. And I know that, you know, people say it's healthy to sit with your grief and stuff. Mm -hmm. But after a while, for me not having like any kind of routine or any kind of purpose wasn't helping me at all Mm -hmm. so at that point I decided that I was going to launch Design and Dine in Ireland Mm -hmm. and I just thought you know what this way I can still work I still have something to give me purpose and get me out of bed and give me a routine and goals to reach every day Mm -hmm. but I can still be with my family so that was good and for me you know having purpose is a really a really really big thing for me to it was to to overcome everything like I just think if you have purpose and again because I am so aligned with my work and I love Mm -hmm. the work that I do that brought me some kind of like happiness and it kind of settled me a wee bit so I launched design and down in Belfast in March and just having like that month to work towards that was really really good Mm because it just it gave me something to focus on something positive and the event was really successful as well. So obviously, like, that brings you a lot of joy. Like, yeah. you get a lot of fulfillment from seeing your hard work pay off. And then <laughs> I was going to come back to the UAE after the launch of Design and Dine in Ireland. And then mm. COVID happened. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, are you serious? But um, in a roundabout way. So I think that because I am always, like, so business head and stuff, I was like, okay, a couple of months to sort of be with my family and try and cope at home after I launched the event in Belfast I then kind of thought okay I'm gonna go back to the UAE and just get stuck back into work Mm -hmm. and I thought that that would be the best way forward but I'm kind of glad that COVID sort of in a weird way I'm kind of glad that COVID stopped me doing that because Mm -hmm. I think had I just bounced back to Dubai and got stuck back into all the work and I was really busy with work last year between all of my work as a professional artist so I was Mm -hmm. doing like design work for really big brands doing wall murals for like aldar and um miras and all these different buildings and stuff so i was really mega busy like autopilot 24 7 between events and my own art and design work had i done that i don't think it would have been good for me you know in terms Mm. of like coping i think it's hard to know because people cope in different ways you know yeah but covid kind of forced me to just stay at home for most of the year And actually like deal with life you know. Mm. And I still had my purpose. And had my daily and weekly goals. Because I moved Design and Dying to an online store. And started selling like painted home backs. And started painting. And doing like my own artwork. And that was really nice and really meditative for me as well. To just get back to painting. Mm. And not having any pressure on me as well. It wasn't like commercial work for a client. Mm -hmm. It was just me painting for joy. Pure joy which I haven't done in so long. So when I was at home and the world was kind of shut down for me dealing with like business challenges and personal grief and challenges I developed like new habits I would say like new habits that I hadn't done before um that really helped me cope with everything now the first one is people probably roll their eyes right because if you had asked me (laughs) asked me last year I would have rolled my eyes because I'm just like oh my god not another fitness person right but exercise, honest mm. to God, like I cannot explain, even in the first few weeks of me coping with like what had happened in January, I got into a routine and I am not a gym person, I've always hated the gym, but I just needed, I had so much built up like pain and frustration yeah. that I just needed an outlet and for me, I just started going to the gym and like just running like just running and trying to get it all out and at the start it was really hard and I didn't really like it but I knew by the end of every morning that I went to the gym I felt better than when I got out of bed so I wasn't even doing it to like keep physically fit or to stay in shape I was just doing it for those like exercise endorphins and to help like my mental health yeah. yeah and it really had like such a positive impact on me and that was the first like awakening and I'd heard all these people you know online and fitness is so good for your mental health like i'm just like yeah whatever like you know (laughs) i you'll not get me in a gym but i honestly hand on heart as a not gym not fitness person like this was and even going for like a long walk there's a mountain behind my house if i go up for a walk for an hour and a half up that mountain I genuinely feel so much better and more content and happier than when I got out of bed that day. Mm.
0: Is that the one you post on Instagram with the views of Belfast? Yes, <gasps> with it's the, like there's like, the, like a stone there. Yes. Yes. I know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, the yeah. I've stone. seen it so many times. <laughs> that was on, like my life
1: this year. But yeah. it's honestly so therapeutic. Like, see, getting up in it's the morning, The scenery, walking up the hill, mm-hmm. and just looking, o- just overlooking the world, and it kind of. I think when you can see, when you have a really good view in front of you, it like kind mm. of puts things in perspective a little bit. Yeah. You kind of, again, get out of your head and you just see the world for all its beauty. It just gives you a little bit of like happiness and hope, do you know? So yeah, that like exercise may sound cliche, but for me, it really, really helped me this year. And now every day when I get up, I have the itch to go for a run or go for a big walk and feel so much better for it. Yoga was the other one. Never did yoga. I did a couple of classes in gyms because it just, you know, you hear that yoga is good for you. I know Mm. you're a yoga lover as well. I always see that you you do it in the mornings, and I've seen. Do you remember? I actually DM'd you on Instagram, and I was like, because you do you do yoga like most mornings, yeah. And I was like, do you have any like videos or anything where I can like (laughs) learn to do yoga? Do you remember? And you were like, no, Gem, I just kind of like know it in my head. (laughs) Did I say that? I hope I didn't say that no you were like I just kind of go I just kind of do my own thing I just know we're, what to do oh my goodness <laughs> no you weren't that you weren't cheeky <laughs> I put you in a really really cheeky tone there oh my god <laughs> I was like no I did not say no, that no you were just kind of like no I just kind of like do my own thing and I was like
0: okay do it and I'll just check YouTube
1: <laughs> no,
0: uh, but that so was what like, I've done what I have done to be fair is like I just genuinely Google like go on YouTube yeah. and say like yoga classes in the morning time yeah I obviously have learned a lot about yin yoga from my friend Erin upstairs yeah but I recently like literally only yesterday funny you said it I downloaded the app Down Dog yeah I hear about my brother's use this one I've heard about it so like what I like about it is it it tracks your progress so it actually like obviously when you're ready you go to the next level Mm -hmm. because like I wasn't challenging myself with YouTube videos how
1: does it know what level you're at? I don't know I've only used it one day (laughs) Okay, you can keep us I'll get updated back on to that. Go
0: back to me, let me so know. When you <laughs> message me again now on Instagram, I'll yeah. have actually something to, <laughs> yeah. to send you.
1: So between exercise and yoga, that honestly, I know people are gonna be like, ugh, but that has really changed yeah. like my life for the better. These two habits that I do like every morning really sets me up really well for the day and makes me feel mentally calm. Mm. Makes me feel good. Do you know? Yeah. It just mentally it's so so good for you. So having purpose even if you're in lockdown and you can't do anything just developing yourself like doing online courses so you can get a lot of free tutorials and a lot of free online courses where you can learn how to do things mm-hmm. so like I know you learned yourself from YouTube how to set up a podcast oh my
0: god yeah hours upon hours
1: <laughs> and I learned how to I actually learned a lot about art therapy during lockdown so oh. I did courses in art therapy which is something that I would maybe delve into a little bit later on in my okay. career Um, so that you know developing myself to like add to my skills Mm -hmm. and obviously through YouTube again learned how to set up e-commerce like an online store and start selling online and stuff like that so getting up and having a purpose like if you're going through a really tough time in life I think you know if you know what are the things that would make me really happy Mm -hmm. okay here's your goal here's your purpose like Mm -hmm. try and do even if it's something small every day it'll still make your day better and it'll Mm -hmm. give you more fulfillment and happiness every day um so yeah that's that was my main ways of kind of coping with this year and obviously leaning on family and friends a lot Mm. that's the most important thing which I should have mentioned first when you're going through you know a really difficult time as I have being close to my family really helped a lot I think I would have really struggled had I been this is the downside about being an expat you know Mm. if you have a job where you have to leave your family at a difficult time that is it's tough do you know what I mean and I think in in that way you need to make sure that you have really close good friends you know you need to have good friends when you're abroad because they become your family family. Yeah. yeah and even just moving back here after being away most of the year was, like, a little bit challenging as well because mm. I got so used to being at home and having my family there to lean on
0: yeah.
1: and just be with because they're the people that really understand what you're going through the most. Mm. Um, But just knowing that I have, like, so many good people here in the UAE, like, really, really good friends, like, I'm so lucky that way and my partner and stuff being here, like, that made it, those people just made everything so smooth mm-hmm. and a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. So the people in your life are definitely you know the best thing that you can use to help you cope with stuff definitely
0: Mm. yeah without a doubt and i suppose for you how have you used this opportunity for growth so i think the main thing was okay so the main thing
1: i've learned this year is like your health and happiness are Mm -hmm. the most important things like your health and well-being come before anything career Mm. travel you know material items whatever if you don't have your health like what you didn't what how can you enjoy life so for me I kind of enjoyed in a way even though it was hard for me to do this but you know I was working so hard and I didn't mind it but I was like working flat out and you know I didn't mind if I didn't eat right or didn't get enough sleep because I had all these great opportunities that I didn't want to miss out on but now I am like my main focus above my career is making sure that I'm healthy mm-hmm. and that my mental well being is okay, you know, considering everything that's happened. So my priority when I get up out of bed in the morning is to do my yoga and do my exercise, as I said, because that gives me, you know, happiness and it kind of makes me feel good after it. And then I go and do all like my business stuff. So I think prioritizing health and then prioritising family as well. Mm. Um You know yeah I just think like this year it was just it was good for me to have a long time at home and be with family um and that was something I hadn't done in a long time because I was always moving countries
0: so it was almost like the lockdown gifted you yes the time at home yeah without you having to make the decision it was made for you exactly Mm. and that's what that's what
1: I kind of am grateful for in a really roundabout way like yeah I actually was quite glad that you know lockdown happened when it did because mm. had it not happened and this hadn't happened I would have been like really having like an inner conflict about should you just take time at home and not work mm. and not earn any mm. money but just be with your family and take care of your own self until mm. you're ready to like get back to the UAE, or do you go back and just bury yourself and work and kind of get back to it and hope that all the distractions will help but mm. Lockdown kind of like took that choice away from me. So in a way it was a yeah. refreshing, it was good. Yeah. But yeah, no, I would say obviously as a business owner that relies on an income from events primarily yeah. and that's really, really, really tricky at the minute. Mm. Um, I kind of enjoyed the challenge of figuring out like what else am I capable of? Like how can I steer my business in a different direction? being able to figure out how to go online, like Mm -hmm. I enjoyed that challenge because again, you're adding to your skills and you're progressing yourself in a way Mm -hmm. that you didn't actually plan to or hadn't imagined to. Mm -hmm. So for me, the e-commerce sort of like online store is like a nice kind of thing that I would like to grow on the side Mm -hmm. of doing my events again in the future. And obviously I took a lot of commissions and created like a lot of artwork for people as well. So that was nice because I never really made time for doing that. I was always head and design and dying and not really taking on a lot of commissions from people but to have the time and space to do that mm. and just create original artwork for people was really nice and I realized that actually that's something that I want to keep mm. so now I actually have a little routine where I get out of bed I do my yoga my exercise my meditation and I dedicate I mean you spoke about this in coaching mm. and I never really did it like I never committed to it I yeah. tried yeah but I procrastinated, but now I think it's after I read Atomic Habits. Ah, it inspired me to but the seeds were sick. A couple of books like inspired me to sort of like switch up my routine. Mm. And there's like the 5 a.m. Club has encouraged me to be a morning person mm. very recently. Even through lockdown, I was terrible. Like mm. stayed up late, got up late, like no routine. I was never a morning person. But that and a couple of other books, um, What the most successful people do before breakfast is a good one as well. It's all about like owning your day, you know, like making your morning work for you, making yourself happy through your morning routine. And you're great at that
0: as well. You're like queen of morning routine. Well, only in the last couple of years, I'll be honest. I was never a morning person, believe it or not. Really? Oh, my God. So when you
1: started teaching in the UAE, were you like me, where you just rolled out of bed and you were stressed? Yeah. Because school at home starts at nine, half eight, nine school here starts at like seven seven and I despised putting six oh. the number six a.m six 30 <laughs> I actually set my alarm for 6 30 yeah I would be like <laughs> you I would be strict. I give myself a 30 minute window to get in the shower and into the car and like out to work good on you Jeez. um I didn't work I didn't live that far from where I worked. thank god but I did not I resented getting up early oh no. I hated it I just wished school would start at nine and I was like a mess in the mornings um but now I have, like, just read these few books where I'm, like, God, I feel inspired actually... And I have a few friends have, like, read The 5A and Club and similar things where mm. they said it had, like, a positive impact on their life and they were never morning people either. But since I've come back to the UAE, I'm getting up at, like, 6.30, 6.30 to 7. Yeah. And I do not resent. Like, I look forward to actually yeah. getting up. Do you know what I mean? I like, actually, because like, I have a morning routine now that I love... Yeah. It makes so much difference. And I wish
0: I knew this 10 years ago. Oh, I know. Well, if we knew what we... If we knew now what we knew then, you know, like... I know. Or knew then what we know now, I mean. Yeah. But, like, conquer your morning, conquer your day. That's completely it. Yeah. And, like, I can totally relate to that because i was that person like you yeah rolling out of bed and it wasn't until i actually went into training for coaching that i yeah. realized it's not like, like it has such a detrimental effect on the rest yeah. of your day now I, like sleeping late like yeah. i am i'm naturally a night owl yeah me too i i can weekends i'm naturally a night owl i can I do would it no set problem up,
1: yeah me too and yeah. i would set up doing work till really late not yeah. not a bother yeah but did and it's a big switch, isn't it, to go from being like a night owl and happily working into the night mm. to being like I need to force myself to go to bed at like 10 or 11. I know. I have turned off all notifications of all WhatsApp groups. Mm. I don't know how I ever got things done being in a WhatsApp group where yeah, it wasn't I muted. And I've turned off notifications for my personal Instagram now because it's just it, see when you're in the flow and I'm I am a person that's easily distracted, so I'm trying to work on that. Mm. If I'm doing a painting or in the middle of like writing something or or a really good idea sort of brainstorming it if I see like that little notification popping up like I can't ignore it so now I'm just like no turn off all notifications and whenever I have like my lunch or have a coffee Mm -hmm. I'll go sit it in the balcony and then just take 15 minutes to go and look at social media and get back to everybody the only one that'll still have active as notifications is the design and dime page because I want to make sure i can get back to customers promptly mm-hmm. if they need me mm-hmm. but yeah it's, ugh, technology phones like really really steal our attention it is i know it's it's a love hate yeah because it is so practical and for you and i like it's brilliant mm-hmm. because we can connect to yeah. we can connect to like clients and customers and that's amazing but like you have to
0: draw a line all right we'll we're going into our quick fire round of questions yeah all right this question, I absolutely love this question. This is, um, this came to me, literally in the middle of the night. Ah, I
1: know. That's when you get your when you're resting is when you get your best ideas. Mm, or in the shower. Yeah, but like when you you're not time? when you're yeah when yeah. you're just not. I feel like the shower. Real. I get the best ideas. Or driving. Much. When I'm driving, driving? if I'm yeah. doing my like Dubai Abu Dhabi road mm. and just you on that motorway for an hour, I love like, that drive. Yeah, I'll just get yeah. like mad idea, like, and I listen to a lot of audiobooks and podcasts and stuff. And the person'll be talking, and I've just got this great idea. Mm. And for five minutes, I'm just thinking of an idea, and I'm like, oh, I haven't actually listened to anything they've said, yeah. but I do have this idea now. But you have
0: to like literally write, write it, down it down there and there. yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it's like you can come and go yeah Yeah. it can yeah it's that light bulb moment but now if
1: i have it when i'm not able to write it down like when i'm driving or if you're out for a run i always get ideas when i'm out walking and running Mm. and i don't have a a notepad on me but i consciously be like right do not forget this idea and i'll just say it again to myself right this blah 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 and i'll just keep make sure to consciously be like okay you're not going to forget this idea and then as soon as i'll come in i'll just jot it down Do
0: do you want me to tell you my trick yeah right so when you don't have anything at all around you and you have something you need to remember Mm -hmm. so I have this ring since I was 12 years old Mm -hmm. it's got no sentimental value only I bought it myself Oh, that
1: is nice Yeah,
0: sentimental yeah yeah. there there is some (laughs) sentimentality to it there bought it in the square in Tralee people from from Kerry will know the town square in Tralee when they used to have like the markets and stuff and it's lasted this long since I was 12 and it's proper silver Yeah, yeah yeah it's yeah, so really nice. this ring is obviously on my right hand. And I learned this from my mom. Ah! Switch it to the other hand. Clearly I'm not married, but when I need to remember something, I'm like, "Oh my god, my rings on the other finger." Ah! And, and then you remember. remember it. I remember that's it. a really good trick. My mom taught me that. Ah, mm-hmm. that's brilliant. So I even taught my kids that.
1: I never wear. I barely wear any jewelry. You need around. to get
0: the ring girl. Yeah. You <laughs> need to get
1: the, the blinger. Mom Tommy.
0: <laughs> oh, don't even go there. <laughs> Dear so back to the question. My goodness, that was such a tangent, but it's good. good yeah. back to the question. What is the first thing you notice about a person?
1: I notice how friendly and open they are. You know the way some people are like kind of like closed off and a bit shy, or like not really. They'll be polite, but you don't like feel the warmth from mm. them. I like. I just notice like how, how warm and like open somebody is their energy yeah their energy yeah because I I think that I'm quite like I'd be like a person that would just go up and hug people and be like hi how are you getting on like I'd be chatty to anybody so if somebody's like that back Mm. that I can sense that we're on like the same kind of vibe Mm,
0: I love that okay so we did speak about your habits we did your life anything you want to touch on there I would say you know
1: the morning thing is massive like I it really has changed my life a lot like becoming a morning person it was like a long time coming but Mm. it has made me yeah just like a lot more peaceful and productive throughout the day uh the exercise yoga and I would say um something that I started this year and again I know that you do this you're queen of gratitude and journaling (laughs) you've been doing this for a while i was a bit late to the bandwagon or late to the i was a bit late to the party um gratitude party the gratitude (laughs) party and like everyone talks about like how beneficial it is but Mm. i actually whenever i was back in belfast and it was before the whole lockdown thing happened but i was in pound stretcher don't judge me but i was in pound stretcher for something and there was all i was getting stationary and in the stationary aisle there was this really nice little like journal that was like gratitude journal and it was like only like a pound or two so I just thought oh that looks nice and everyone says you should like journal your yeah Yeah. journal your gratitude and stuff so I bought it and then I put it in a drawer because I was like I'll keep that for a rainy day and like lo and behold lockdown happened you've all this time on your hand you've all these emotions and like for me I was obviously Dealing with like a lot more than I would say, you know, a lot of other people were because of how, I'm, you know, my year started and everything. And I took out the gratitude journal, and it had it just was so easy because it was like little prompts. So it was like, what's your goal for the day? What are or what are you excited about today? Um, what are you worried about? How can you reduce these worries? And three things you're grateful for. And that is such a nice way, to just like get your thoughts out on paper at the start of the day. So. I've ran out of space I need to get another one now because I'm not very good at like journaling on my own um Mm. but I noticed that in your journal you actually write the little prompt like you'll Mm. write like the gratitude and goal and then it's easy to fill it out yeah Yeah. so I need to try and do something like that but that was really nice there's one you do before bed and one that you do in the morning Mm. so it was like the bedtime one will be like what went well today like, what are you happy about? Like, what are you excited about tomorrow? Stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. I think that was a really nice habit that I developed throughout the whole of lockdown. I only stopped doing it when I moved back to the UAE because I didn't have the journal anymore and it yeah. was done. But yeah, I think that I will go back to yeah. like a little bit of journaling or at least gratitudes and stuff. I writing think down, Writing things down. It's writing it down, it, isn't it? It is writing it down because you can say it... People the momentum, say you said yeah. you can say it out loud or say it in your head, but it's not the same mm-hmm. when you see it on paper... It makes you feel, you're not just going through the motions, you genuinely make, it makes you feel like, Mm. oh God, yeah, I really am
0: so grateful for my family or my health or whatever it is. And there's power in it when you see your own, Mm. your own writing, Mm -hmm. writing it down, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's why like there is even like, um, I know some people like think, you know, typing it out is really effective and it can be, but I believe there is actually an energetic shift from putting your pen. Yeah. yeah, when you write it down yourself. Mm. Like, my mood straight away changes when I write down the sentence, I am grateful for, and yeah. then I finish it. Definitely. Like, yeah, it just shifts straight away. And
1: it, yeah, it just, it does have a really positive effect because you can be thinking that you're having a terrible day or, like, you can get into this, like, victim thing mm. where it's like, oh, this has happened to me. But no, because like for me i could have went really into a downward spiral you know this year like losing my mom was like the hardest thing that's ever happened to me and then obviously lockdown didn't well in a way it did kind of help but it's still been really challenging you know as a business owner and stuff but still having like writing down the things that you still have like for me i've realized like for me to be a fully healthy person you know to have like my full health, mental health and physical health, like you're privileged if you have that, you know what I mean? So having that, writing that down, writing down that you have like a great family for support, like writing down that you have a great boyfriend or you've got amazing friends, like you write it down and then you go, oh God, yeah, like I have a lot to be thankful for. I have a lot to be happy about. So I totally agree writing it down Mm. and really feeling it. Like
0: it does change your outlook and perspective so much. You are amazing. Like, honestly, just like when you were talking about, like, you know, obviously, like, you've experienced grief and, like, you know, the business and lockdown. And your outlook is still so positive and Mm. resilient. Do you know, I
1: think I got some of that from my mum, though, I have to say. Like, she was so strong and so positive and, like, a complete go-getter. Do you know what I mean? Like, pure boss. So That's you. I feel like I'm really lucky. Do you know, even though I lost her too soon, like, I feel... That I inherited so many of her strengths. I hope at least, Mm. you know, and I think in a way like that's been a good sort of motivation for me as well to just kind of be like, be like her. She was so strong and she was so motivated and positive and like, you know what I mean. mm -hmm. So I try and like
0: emulate that. Well, it's definitely shining through. 100 percent. Thank you. Honestly, like I'm sitting here just listening to you. (laughs) She's so amazing. (laughs) Oh. Um, Okay, so what's on your bucket list? What's next? So you
1: helped me break into this through our coaching. So yeah. I, for anyone that doesn't know, like me and Elish did some coaching, online coaching during lockdown and it was so beneficial because like, and like I have to give you credit as well for helping me a lot because obviously I was dealing with so much and having you as like a professional, knowledgeable person to bounce all my thoughts and ideas off mm-hmm. and like help, you help me like give direction to some of them it was like really, really beneficial. So the main thing was for me to actually dedicate my time back to my own work instead of just being 24-7 design and and commercial work, mm-hmm. which obviously is great. And I enjoy, you know, working for clients and doing my events. But I just feel like I have so many ideas and so much to give. As an artist that I'm not I'm not fulfilling my potential like I know that in terms of my own work and I used to do it when I was in college and when I graduated like I created paintings that I was really proud of Mm -hmm. and you helped me to realize that you know that I actually am missing that in my life so following on from that direction like I actually do want to exhibit like have an exhibition like create my own work a substantial amount of work by next year you can't have any exhibitions this year because it's an event really and it's difficult to Mm. really launch something like that at the moment but next year is that's that's my bucket list number one is to keep painting because I do have a little bit more time now and get a show on the go Mm. um I just want to add I'm so happy to hear that yeah bucket list item yeah that's number one and yeah like part of my new morning routine that we were talking about because I am getting up early now after the exercise and stuff I dedicate like two hours to just like a minimum and I, I picked wow. that up from Atomic Habits that mm. book is so good if anybody wants to like learn how to change their habits really easily mm. and change their like their whole life basically mm. that's the, what the book is about but that is just like how you can just do little things every day incrementally improve yourself mm-hmm. and the the you know the changes that are going to come from it by like after a year or so are going to be like massive so yeah I've started painting again I do like a few hours in the morning before lunch and then after lunch Mm -hmm. I'll then go to my admin and my business stuff so yeah that's on the list I would like as I mentioned before I would like maybe like to look into art therapy in the future Mm -hmm. don't think that's something right away but it's something that I'm really interested in um using art to like help people's mental health and well-being Mm -hmm. and like you know art is such a therapeutic practice anyway so I feel like there's a lot of scope especially after what's happened this year to everybody you know everyone Mm -hmm. in the world has suffered in some way and I think taking care of our mental health and mental well-being is so important now than ever so Mm -hmm. I would like to explore how to use art to do that and finally I would like to expand my online store Yes, so I have girls. like, yeah, I've got painted home packs, but there's only one theme. There's like 12 mm. different designs, but it's all like pop art animals. Mm. Um, and I have other ideas in mind. So that's going to be coming out in the next couple of months. I'm excited to hear mm. all about that. Okay. So what are you most grateful for in life? So touched on this already, but the people, number one. Like mm-hmm. if you don't have the people in your life around you, like what is life? Do you know what I mean? How mm-hmm. can you enjoy life without sharing it with those you love so family friends boyfriend um I would say purpose having that purpose you know because even though I have been through so much and stuff like just having a just having a job and purpose that gives me joy every day I'm so grateful for it. because I know that there's a lot of people that don't have that you know mm. that's a real privilege to wake up and just be joyful in the work that you do like every bit of it so Mm. that makes me happy very grateful that I am that privileged to have that and uh my health definitely um and just I think my ability to kind of be positive Mm. and resilient I think that year has taught me that you know like I said it would have been very easy to just go on like a load of benders and going like a downward spiral and feel sorry for myself mm-hmm. and like don't get me wrong I'm human there were days where it was really tough and you do want to do that but I was able to like overcome it and mm-hmm. structure my life to like you know do things to be positive and productive to like overcome the bad days I love it
0: yeah you're <laughs> doing it though you know what I mean like getting there yeah so I know we've spoken about so many things that have influenced you yeah especially with your new morning routine and your mindset but is there anything that you haven't mentioned that you'd like to mention that has been that influence on your life if it's like a book or a documentary or a quote or
1: yeah I think you know in terms of like we talked about like what kind of content and stuff like we consume before and for me I like try and listen to like books like audio books read books podcasts and stuff that I think are going to teach me something and give me some kind of like drive and inspiration so Mm -hmm. the books I've obviously mentioned like Atomic Habits and 5am Club and stuff like that which I really think help to motivate you just in Mm -hmm. daily life and make you a more productive person but in terms of business a friend of mine gifted me um, the $100 startup this Mm -hmm. is a good book if you have an idea for a business and you like aren't really sure if it's like the right moment or do you need to have like your social media and your logos and all this here this is about like you don't need all you don't need investors and funding necessarily to like start a business you can just Mm. go for it so I'd say that's a good book for anybody thinking of starting a business or a little Mm. side business um zero to one is a good one my brother gave me read over over lockdown it's very it's very much in the context of like tech startups Mm. but there's a lot of good business principles that will relate to anybody mm-hmm. who is generating an income through their own business. So I would recommend that as well. And one mm-hmm. that I just finished called The Magic of Thinking Big, and it covers. It's so good. Have you read it? No. It's so good. It's like it covers. It's a little bit dated the way like sometimes he mentions like the husband who going. Who's it to, by? David Schwartz, Doctor oh, David Schwartz. Okay. So you may have heard like he has like a few different like bestsellers and stuff like but. It's like it covers how to be a more ambitious person, how to be a better like person in terms of like interacting with people like helping you to be a better person with your friends, your mm-hmm. family. it's like business and personal life like 101. it's mm-hmm. I was gonna say it's kind of dated because he mentions like housewives. And I don't know what year it was written, but I'm like, David, come on, mate. Come on like, now. <laughs> there's no such thing as Housewives now. <laughs> and now, obviously I'm pure feminist, so I was just like rolling my eyes at that part. But the general concepts in the book I thought were very inspiring. Mm. Um, but yeah, so books like that, I think, you know, seek out books that you think are going to give you an inspiration. Mm. A lot of my book recommendations come from the podcast, like The Tim Ferriss Show, and mm. um, great one he's really good Mm -hmm. like he obviously interviews I would recommend that podcast to anybody he interviews like the best of the best from so many fields whether it's like science art literature entrepreneurs and like business investors and stuff and they always talk about like books and when you listen to these mega successful people talking about what they read and how much it helped helps them I'm like well I want to read that too (laughs) so that is like very inspiring like Mm -hmm. that podcast and the books that they talk about and there's another podcast um my brother told me about as well it's by Guy Raz and it's called How I Built This and this is also entirely about entrepreneurs and it's all of the stories are so interesting because it's like it's kind of like you and me like people that are doing a certain job and then find a little idea or find a little niche mm-hmm. and start doing that and then it'll turn into this like mega successful business and that podcast every week he has somebody on to talk about their journey and they're like really successful business owners in America normally mm-hmm. um, and how they, they came from like humble beginnings and just little ideas and how they made it grow successfully
0: so yeah mm-hmm. I would say those You are, are a fantastic ones. reader I have to commend you on that do you know what I've done your fair share of reading girl? I think
1: lockdown gave me the space mm. to read a lot of the stuff that I wanted to read that had been not like I did read anyway before, but, yeah, just having a bit of extra me time during lockdown, mm. I was like I can actually finally read all the stuff that I wanted to, and mm. I have gained so much from it, like I would say it's very easy to sit down and watch Netflix mm-hmm. but I really don't do that that much at all you know I will if I have downtime I prefer to read now and I get mm-hmm. a lot more from it not all the time like like a good Netflix show now and again mm-hmm. but I don't allow myself to just like get home from like a day's work and just sit in front of the sofa all night mm-hmm. I don't do that no. yeah good woman there's that fire in you
0: yeah <laughs> need you. to do something I productive it. I love it <laughs> So we'll end on this. What is... Obviously, because, like, music is so, like, amazing. I just love it. It's just, like, my thing. What is your favourite song? So it
1: was hard to narrow it down, but I chose this song because... If I'm running and I hear this song, it makes me run a bit faster. If I'm in a party and I hear this on, it makes me want to get up and dance. Mm. And I think like it's got a sort of like a nice general message about letting go of things that aren't working for you. So it's the song is Dominica, gotta let you go, but it's the bicep remix of it. Okay. So there's the original song. You'll find it on YouTube. But the bicep, they're obviously from Belfast. People at home will probably be like, the song is played out, but it's such a good uplifting song and I think that if you listen to the lyrics she's kind of talking about a person but I think you can apply the meaning to, of this song to yeah. anything mm. where
0: it's like let it go if it's not working for you grasp what is mm. and we were listening to it earlier I can't play it unfortunately because of royalty Rules and regulations. No, I know. Can't get myself kicked off the you second can, episode you podcast. Can let, you
1: can listen. You can let people go and search for it. Me and you were wanting to go to Aurea earlier. Oh my god! I was like,
0: oh my god, you like house music? And she was like, you're like, yeah, I love it. And I was like, oh my god. The two of us just looked at each other, and like, oh, let's just go. Party we really want to go to Area. Yeah. but we can't.
1: <laughs> god knows how long. <laughs>
0: Oh, well, Gemma, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. Honestly, oh. I love chatting with you. Oh, well, thank you. And you made it just so easy. And, you know, you were so easy to go with the flow. And oh, thank, thank you, you for, like, sharing your journey as an expat and the highs and lows. And mm-hmm. you're very inspiring. And I think you'll oh. inspire a lot of people. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, well, I
1: hope so. That's oh, a big compliment. If, you it's so, but um, you've already inspired people. You, you inspire me, definitely, Aww. to see what you've done. Oh, definitely. thank you so much. No, it was yeah. my pleasure. Like, always love chatting with you. And I'm
0: excited to see what the rest of the podcast bring as well. Aw, thank I'll you. I'll be subscribing. I can wait. Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. But thank you for being my first official You're welcome. Guest. Thank you. <laughs> my pleasure. Thank you very much. So where can people find
1: you Online. Uh, So I have a couple of Instagram pages. The main one for my company is called, it's just called Design and Dying. So it's design underscore and underscore dying. Mm -hmm. Um, For my artwork, it's gem, G-E-M underscore artist. So that's kind of like where I share like my portfolio of work that I do for different clients and my personal artwork. And then my general one is just gemma underscore gal. So that's kind of like a mishmash of the expat experience and what I'm up to in life. And your recipes as well.
0: Yeah, my recipes.
1: I wouldn't recommend anybody to try them, to be honest.
0: (laughs) I would recommend people to follow just for the comical narration alone. (laughs) And tell me, is there anything you have coming up for
1: people? Yes, so, well, the events are still a little bit tricky in Abu Dhabi. I hope, fingers crossed, i will have an Abu Dhabi event coming up soon, but we're still in talks with the DCT, but I have an event coming up in Dubai, it's amazing, yes. I'm really excited, it's on the rooftop of the Hilton JBR in wow. Pure Sky Lounge, so it's like 35th floor, overlooks the whole of like Jumeirah Beach in Dubai Marina, and it is an evening brunch on Thursday the 15th of October from 8 to 11pm. And the theme is legends, so everyone gets to create their own like pop art or street art inspired canvas painting, wow. and they d- theme it with their favorite legends. So there's like Einstein, there's Martin Luther King, there's Beyonce, there's wow. Amy Winehouse, there's um, Muhammad Ali, something for everybody. So you can choose like the artwork theme and choose the style, and yeah, get unlimited drinks while you're doing it. So yes, it's great.
0: <laughs> I I'm curious. One question. Yeah. Who is the legend you would paint?
1: Oh, that's really tricky because I chose them all because it's hard. I have 10 designs and I narrowed it down from like how many, like an infinite amount of possibilities of like legends. But if you were
0: handed a paintbrush and you were told, Gemma girl, you got to paint something in the next 10 seconds. Who is the legend? Right. (laughs) Let me think. I really (laughs)
1: like the... I quite like the Einstein one and I like oh. the Muhammad Ali one so I okay. probably wouldn't pick like the two do you know what there's a really nice Audrey Hepburn and Marlon Monroe designs and they look like oh. proper you know pin up like gorgeous posters yeah but I the Einstein one is like a art kind of version of him you know that really famous photo where he's sticking his tongue mm, out yeah and, and the quote underneath is creativity is contagious yes so I like that one and then the Muhammad Ali one is just cool yeah Love just it. makes a nice design so. yeah who would you choose? Who would I choose? Yeah, you've got Beyonce, you've got Amy Winehouse, you've got Muhammad Ali, you've got Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela.
0: I think I choose Martin Luther King.
1: Yeah, his one, his quote is "I have a dream," and like cap- it's it's really cool.
0: I use that quote in one of my um, I don't know, was it my junior sir or leaving sir English paper? Oh, did you? Yeah, I think it was junior sir. It's God, co- that it's was very a iconic.
1: Time. It, it it's a bold artwork, and I think yeah. you know, especially with everything that's happened this year. Yeah. with the Black Lives Matter and stuff like it was important for me to put, put
0: in something yeah. like that you know amazing so yeah love that well Gemma we'll end it there but thank you so so much for your time and thank you for being here with me and until next time take
1: care pleasure. bye, bye.